Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh. Stable podcast, everybody. The official Colts podcast of Fansided. Shout out Fansided as always. And wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, watching on YouTube, whatever the case may be, guys. Before we get started and talk your favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts, I need you guys to help out your favorite Colts podcast. Smash the like button, hit a rate review wherever you're listening to subscribe on youtube really helps us out guys we're trying to get to 1k hell 2k we're trying to get as many as possible before we get to schedule release before we get to training camp preseason the nfl season and eventually the super bowl in 2023 okay now it's going to be me michael pivia Rashad McGinnis is here with us, ladies and gentlemen. Destin will not be on the show, which means it's going to be a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing, Destin. We love you, you know, as always. But I'm tired of you hating on my guys. So, um, De- or uh, Rashad, what's up, man? How you feeling? I'm pretty good, man. I saw y'all have a little back and forth banner today on Twitter. So I was looking forward to talking about it. And then we found out that Dustin wasn't going to be here today. You know, he had to take care of some duties. But hopefully we can get into what y'all was arguing about on Twitter. We can get into a little bit of that on the show today. Yes. And what were we talking about, guys? We're going to talk about what everybody's been talking about lately in Colts Twitter. The offensive line, obviously, you know, we got to talk about that. We're going to talk about free agent fits, who is still on the market that could fit the Indianapolis Colts and possibly help them out, whether if it's depth or sliding in the starting lineup and legitimizing the Colts as a legit Super Bowl contender. And also schedule. Schedule comes out in the next couple of days. We are recording currently at 9 o'clock Central Time. On Tuesday night, wherever, whenever you're listening to this, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe on Friday or this weekend, we already know a lot of answers to what we're talking about right now. So let's start with the offensive line, Rashad. Okay, so obviously the draft weekend happened, added uh, Bernard Ryman. We were corrected on Twitter uh, the other day, Destin and I, Bernard Ryman, not Raymond. Okay, so the (laughs) 25-year-old rookie is, is getting a lot of love. From, from this fan base all the rookies are getting uh, a lot of love from us lately he was uh you know highly touted coming into the draft 
a lot of people were shocked that he was available there at number 77 in the third round. A lot of people pegged him to be, you know, mid second rounder. Some people had him as a late first. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's obviously he's, he's highly respected. We signed Dennis Kelly, who was formerly of the Green Bay Packers, most recently the Tennessee Titans. So he is now, and he's a starting caliber type player. Is he a starting caliber on a championship team? Maybe not, but coming into Indianapolis, he is going to provide great depth for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so other than that, obviously the undrafted free agent that people like, Ryan Van DeMark, is that what is that his name? Uh Rashad Rashad Ryan Van DeMark. Uh, we got a couple of guys. Will Fries is still here, Danny Pincer is still here. Guys who are gonna be able to compete this training camp. So Rashad, I'm gonna ask you, uh getting into Bernard Ryman and Ryan Van DeMark, those two guys that are coming in. What, what, what do you think right now? It's still early before. We haven't even gotten into rookie uh, mini camp. We haven't even gotten to training camp, which we will be at. We'll be able to see how they perform. But right now, what are you thinking for these two guys? You know, are they – you think one of them will be able to start or whatever the case may be? How do you think they'll look? Um, well, I'll start with Ryan Van DeMark, you know, uh, a highly touted – the free agent got paid a lot of I believe the most money for an offensive lineman uh that was an undrafted free agent you know he was talented in college a lot of people felt like he could have got drafted you know uh seventh round maybe late six or something like that so for him to fall completely out I think was a bit uncharacteristic but the Colts feel like he can come in and that can be a guy that they develop you know the Colts love to take their swings at late round uh offensive linemen and like to develop those guys see will fries the guy that's not getting talked about uh either for the guard position but ryan van demark can be in that mode you know he can come in he can he can come along slowly you you got depth you know when you talk about rhyming and uh did you mention you mentioned dennis kelly with with kelly coming in you know it's no pressure on ryan van demark to have to produce right away you know he has a long time before the coach are going to ask him to do anything. And if he comes along, fine. But if he doesn't, you know, that's absolutely fine as well. Um, now, Ryman, on the other hand, there's there's high expectations for Ryman. A guy that, that you mentioned earlier was a late first round, early second round projection. The coach was able to get him in the third. I think two of the things, that, the reasons that the coach was able to get him in the third was due to him having short arms and him being a little old for a rookie. You know, he's 25 years old or, or will be 25 but when the season starts. So those are the two things that was kind of going against him, but he's a supreme athlete, and that kind of makes up for short arms. We saw the same thing with Braden Smith. Look for him to push. I think you can look for him to push Matt Pryor for that spot. And I'm one of the few people, I think I went out on the island today and said I can envision the starting offensive line of Ryman at left tackle, Nelson at left guard, Ryan Kelly at center, Matt Pryor at right guard and Braden Smith at right tackle. You know, I, Pryor excels at tackle. I think he's still a good guard, man. I know people say he may have struggled last time he played guard when he was in Philadelphia, but I think this is an ideal situation for him to play guard. I think he can be fine. He struggles with movement. He's not the the, the most nimble foot guy, you but the tackle, power he right? plays with. No, I was talking about Matt Pryor being guard. Oh, if Ryman okay. decides to start at tackle, then I think Matt Pryor can move to guard. I think that is a possibility that I see 
that nobody's really talking about because they they saw him struggle when he was playing guard with Philadelphia. So I think they just casting him out. But that's one of the things Ballard liked most about him was his versatility, his ability to play tackle and guard. Well, the thing we know about Chris Ballard, and it's really at any position on the depth chart, is he likes the guys to be versatile. That's the thing. You got to be able to play multiple spots and everything at safety, corner. Can someone at corner slide inside? Isaiah Rogers can do that. Um, so w- whatever the case may be, Ryan Van Demark, he's a guy that strikes me as at first I was thinking, man, he's got a legit shot to make this spot, just to make this roster. But I think adding Dennis Kelly might defer him, might, because you, the Colts could very well keep 10, 11 offensive linemen on this on this roster. But Ryan Vandermark right now, I might push to the practice squad, possibly. I don't think a lot of teams might, depending on what his preseason looks like. I don't think a lot of teams right. are going to be trying to sign him off the practice squad or anything like that. So uh, for as far as Ryman goes, look, I see everybody putting this guy at left tackle. Everybody singing this dude praises. I mean, there's nothing like fan bases loving and gushing over rookies and expecting them to start day one, like especially third round rookies, let alone a 24 year old rookie. <laughs> um, and, and it's not his fault, dude. He came over uh, from across the pond. He started playing left tackle late. Obviously one of those super seniors gaining extra eligibility from the COVID years. So it's not necessarily his fault. And if Destin was here, Mike, you're just being a homer, okay? I mean, you, you got to look at the guy's technique. I had him graded on my big board, um, probably number 41. So, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but in reality, let's stick to reality here. Um, look, he didn't play anybody at, at Central Michigan. So, exactly. And somebody actually tweeted at me uh, – earlier today when I put out, you know, we put out our five starting five projections projections and I put left tackle as Matt Pryor. And we already know who the rest were. Uh, Danny Pinter at right guard. We already know who the rest were. Somebody asked me, I can't remember uh, who exactly it was, but they asked me, do you not think Ryman gets the nod at left tackle right now? Why should he get the nod at left tackle? He didn't necessarily play the greatest stuff or play against the greatest talent at Central Michigan. He is a little bit older. He's still relatively new to the position, and he has to add muscle. You know, technique and footwork, that can all work. But when you're playing against the pass rushers we are this year, you'll probably just get driven through. Technique is fine, but you got to be able to bench press some. You know what I mean, Rashad? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You got to be able to add some weight. And this is all – look, this is all before, Rashad – this is all before we get the pads on at training camp. This is all right. before right. We, we see what goes on in the preseason, preseason. So I'm not trying to hate on Ryan, and that's not what I'm doing because I'm at, I, like I said in the last show, if he comes in and ends up being better at left tackle, boom. I want the best starting five out there because we have a 37-year-old quarterback that can sling the football, and I want more championships if that means – if I want a better chance at a championship if that means my, Matt Pryor is not the starting left tackle. Oh, well, we still have a great offensive line. And I still will never get over the fact this fan base went crazy over losing a right guard. And boom, look at that, Rashad. Now we have one of the best depth at offensive line in the league again. Oh, dang. I'm, I'm sure we wish we, we, wish we would have told some people crying about Chris Reed going to Minnesota. 
a I swing still, guard. I, I'll still never forget that day, dude. A oh, backup guard at that. Dude, swing guard. everybody was calling for Chris Ballard's job because a right guard decided, man, I might want to go home. I like I like Chris Reed, you know, just as much he as the solid. next person. He was but, solid. Yeah, I wasn't ready to hang ballot over, Dude, <laughs> over that, a backup that, right backup right guard. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. Nah, one I'm of the cool. things, one of the things that's actually going to be interesting for for tackles, especially for Ryan De- uh, Van Demark, Dennis Kelly, Matt Pryor, and Bernard Ryman, is now we have legit rushers that we're going to be able to grade these guys against. Yannick Ngakwe, how is Pryor and Ryman going to be able to fare? Mm-hmm. How is Danny Pinter going to be able to fare against DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart? How are they going to be able to um, play there? So, and remember, Will Fries as well. Danny Pinter can also slide inside and play center if needed. So, again, that versatility. Uh, so, for right now, I mean, I, I just don't understand everybody just penciling this dude in. As a, There are some that are penciling him in. Destin's not pen- penciling him in. He's not saying it's a lock. He's just giving a prediction, which will be wrong. But it it's just – I get yeah, it, guys. I, I like the additions in the draft, but I, I I have to see more before I just say, yeah, man, Ry- Ryman's that guy. Ryman's that guy. Remember last year, we thought Julian Davenport and Tevi Smith, uh, Sam Tevi were looking great against Al-Qadim Muhammad. And then we get to the season, and they get in the ass whoop, and our pass rush sucks. So I like the fact that we got competition at both sides of the ball, at both ends of the lines. And I'm really ready to see how it unfolds, man. Yeah, I mean, I I say it all the time. Everybody needs to just apologize to Ballard. It was talking about our offensive line depth, and it was totally unwarranted. Y'all threw fits over Mark Lewinsky, and even though Mark Lewinsky, for the, the tenure of his career, Y'all hated on him, man. Y'all said he was the worst out the starting five, which he probably was. Y'all slandered him, and then he left. And then we lost Chris Reed. Y'all was upset. Y'all said we don't have no depth. Now we have a surplus on the offensive line. We have multiple bodies who can come in and spot start. Hopefully we are a lot healthy with our starting five, but if we have a rash of injuries or COVID issues like we had last year, there's a multiple amount of guys Dennis Kelly can come in for, for a Braden Smith. You know, uh, Ryman can come in for Pryor. Uh, if Ryman needs to go to left tackle and Pinner goes down, we can slide Matt Pryor to guard. You know, it's a multiple of things, and that's what versatility does for you. That's why Chris Ballard values versatility, because now he can just literally take the best five and run them out there, and, and we'll have a great job protecting Matt Ryan. Yeah, I agree. And getting into Pinter and Fries, these are guys that the Colts have made it no secret that they love. And even when Glowinski and Reed walked, people were questioning Pinter just like how they were questioning Pryor. They're questioning Pryor because he didn't perform well in Philadelphia, but they're gushing over a 24-year-old rookie who played nobody at Central Michigan. I don't understand the logic. Um, but all I know is Matt, people keep looking at Matt Pryor in Philadelphia. They don't want to look at him in Indianapolis. He went up against Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa on Sunday Night Football and locked both of those dudes down. He played right guard and locked whoever was in front of him down. He got to the second level and locked those linebackers down. 
and we're not giving him credit. I don't know why. Same thing with Danny Pinter. When he started against Arizona, even the year before Phillip Rivers, he started against Green Bay. Remember that uh, uh, Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon? And he played well. He can play left, center, and right guard. Versatility is going to be the key with everybody who is not named Kelly, Nelson, or Smith. That's going to be the key. And that's exactly what – I don't know about you, Rashad, but coming into this offseason, remember after the Jaguars game, all of us were mad and everything. I even said Ballard should at least getting his seat a little bit warm. Well, guess what? It's ice cold now because five years into his tenure, this offseason has been the best offseason of his career. When his ass was on the line, in my mind, when his ass was on the line, when Frank's ass was on the line, he delivered in the offseason. Now, go again, we got to get to the season. See how it plays out, but right now, <laughs> I mean, it, this this is this right here was a staple. This is going to be a staple in his tenure, if it's the long one or if it's a short one. Either way, this is going to be a pivotal moment in Ballard's career. I think this year is is division or bust. If we don't win a division, I think it's a bust. Period. That's that's at that's at minimum for this team. They have to find a way to win a division. They haven't won it uh, since in what, five years now, Ballard has to find a way to get it done. And I think he's put together the roster to do it. I have full confidence that this team is good enough to win the division. I haven't said that in a long time. Tennessee has always kind of been hovering, you know, us in Tennessee back and forth. Now I think we're clearly head and shoulders above Tennessee right now if the season started today. Now I don't know what may change between now and the start of the season. But if the season started today, we're head and shoulders above Tennessee, and we should win the division. Yeah, I don't know about you, Rashad, but a 30-year-old Robert Woods coming off of ACL and freaking trailing Burks does not scare me. At all. I'm just being straight up with you guys. At all. At all. And Jonu Smith is no longer there, and you got Derrick Henry, who is now running like me on the basketball court, on the football field, because the carries are catching up to him. Uh, getting into the rest, you know, we're going to get into the free agent news right now. And again, we just talked about Ballard right now. I already think this is the best offseason of his tenure. Of course, we know how those draft picks worked out. Let's see how these draft picks work out a little bit. And in the next two years or so, we can judge it more accurately. Um, but as of right now, anything after this, especially with Dennis Kelly solidifying offensive line depth, anything after this is just more money more change, more more legitimacy in Indianapolis. So let's get into some guys that could legitimize Indianapolis even more when it comes to getting them as a contender in the AFC. So um, I guess I'll go ahead and start, start it out right now with obviously there's the big one out there, Jarvis Landry, who is still a free agent. You have been vocal, Rashad, about you think he's going to end up in Cleveland, if you have an update on Jarvis Landry right now that you're willing and allowed to give, you can give it right now. Um, Yeah, the Jarvis Landry, I'm sure most people saw it. Uh, he turned down a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns because he was looking for stability. Uh, I am lo- allowed to say earlier in the process of there was multiple teams that offered Jarvis multi-year contracts in the beginning. He didn't like the money on him. He didn't like the annual yeah. Yeah. The money per year. He didn't like it. So he passed up on it. He switched agencies 
And now this agent was able to secure him a one-year deal with Cleveland. He didn't want that either. So I'm not sure what's going on with Jarvis. I, I know there's a multiple teams still interested. I know the Ravens are interested. I know Green Bay is interested. Um, the Colts, uh, the Colts were interested early, but I'm, I think due to the way this process is playing out, they're getting pretty frustrated, probably just holding it there. I'm not sure if the offer has been pulled or not, but there was an offer made earlier this offseason. Whether it stands and it's still on the table, I'm not sure. I haven't confirmed it. But this is turning into a messy situation, man, for Jarvis. Like, I don't know what is his plans or what is he thinking. It's just really, really weird to see what's going on with him right now. Yeah, as far as Jarvis Landry, the player, he has every right to wait things out, see what mm-hmm. contracts come before him. I'm, I'm really curious who, who's really wanting to wait it out. Is it Jarvis? Is it his agent? Is it both of them? Um, I'm really curious to see how those talks plan out because as we saw, I'm not sure if you ever saw the video of Von Miller recording his free agency uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, you know, he was eyeing Dallas. He was eyeing going back to Denver, but his agent is saying, hey, man, I got the best money for you that you're not going to get anywhere else. And it's coming from Buffalo. Six years, 120. You know, f- forget all these other teams. Forget, it, forget right. Dallas. Their con- their contract is not anywhere close to this. Boom. His agent, well, that, that's what they get paid for. That's what they're good exactly. at. So yep. I, I'm, I'm wondering who's influencing who here. If I'm if I'm the Colts, man, I'm I'm I'm, pro- I'm I bet they are frustrated because at the end of the day, it's like you want multi year years. We gave you. Or I don't know if they. I don't quote me on that. I, I don't know if they gave multi year uh, deal, but you don't want a one year deal. We know teams have offered you multi year deals, but now you're not uh, okay with the money. What, what what do you want? What 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 do you want? So hey, I'm not counting his pockets. I'm not trying to get him to hurry up. He. He's putting himself and his family in the best possible position to play and be set up. So if, if this takes him into August, it takes him into August, whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe he's banking on a team getting desperate, you know, and possibly injury, and, and, which we're not praying for. Yeah, but maybe he's playing, banking on that. Uh, if you still look at, at Green Bay's wide receiver room, you know, it's, it's depleted. The Ravens, they really need help. So maybe he's, he's praying one of those teams get desperate and decide to make him a big offer. But what, what I can't tell you, though, the Colts, the Colts offered him more money than Cleveland. I can't tell you that. Right. I know that for a fact. So if here's he, a, if he, I don't know. Here's another name that I'll throw at you. Will Fuller. That's a guy who can play in the slot and outside. He can be either, either one. The thing with Fuller, that the reason why he's still on the open market is because he's been dealing with injuries his entire life. Us as Colts fans, of course, remember him burning us for them deep bombs by Deshaun Watson when he wasn't getting into all the crap that he was getting into. But the thing with Fuller is an ankle, obviously that nagging ham and hamstring injury that's just been following him throughout his career. Is he another guy that you can look at? I mean, me personally, I'd probably stay away from Fuller because you already have one guy in Paris who you know is dealing with injuries. Why are we going to try and bring in insurance with another guy who's been dealing with more injuries. I mean, me personally, I don't find it the best business move. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious of what your thoughts could be on that. Well, you put them together and, and maybe you could get a full season out, out, of, out of them combined. You know, that's what you got to do. But Will Fuller, man, one thing we, we both know, like you spoke on briefly, is those lower 
body injuries, man, like those legs and hamstrings and ankles, those type of injuries, they linger, man. If you don't get those things fully rested and fully healed, those things linger. And they go from season to season. We're seeing that with uh, Darius right now as far as how his, his ankle is improving. But Will Fuller, skill set-wise, skill set only. He's exactly what you need in the offense. You know, you need a guy that can stretch the field, a guy that – a blazer, speed guy, catch deep balls, a guy that's going to take the top off the defense. That's exactly what he is. You know, I see a lot of people talking about Julio, and, and that's not out the question. But do you want Alec Pierce, Julio, and Michael Pittman, three guys with similar body sizes and body types all on the field at one at once? I think if you want to put a third receiver out there with Pierce and Pittman, it, it should be a burner. A guy like Paris, you know, wish he was healthy, knock on wood. Uh, or a guy like Will Fuller, or just a, a speed guy, you know. I know Mike has came around on Ashton Doolin, and Mike is also making a big push for, for the Michael Harris. I don't know if it's because they both have Michaels in their name. But we need a guy that's a blazer, you know. We need some speed injected into that wide receiver room. Alec Pierce is a guy, a 4-4 guy. He's a fast guy. But Will Fuller, like we saw firsthand, is an elite speed guy. He's definitely a burner. And he's a big player waiting to happen when he's healthy. I think the same thing about Paris Campbell when he's healthy. So uh, I wouldn't hate Will Fuller, but that's nothing. Like you said, it's nothing to hang my hat on because I just don't believe that he can put together a healthy season. Yeah, I think with DeMichael Harris, here's my thing with, with, with DeMichael Harris. He was like my gem that I found in the undrafted free agents in the year oh, 2020. Okay. Because I kind of liked him in the draft process, but I knew he just made the switch to wide receiver at Southern Miss. So I'm just like, can he go undrafted? He went undrafted, and then he came to us. And I'm like, man, looking at that speed, this offense could use it. Because at that point, Mm -hmm. we were pretty familiar with Frank Reich's system and what he wanted to do. So, uh, And also, you had the questions about Paris. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, what can he do? And then he came in in 2020 and did some solid things. You know, he didn't pop off, but he showed – some solid things i wonder if he's been working on his craft can he take another step create separation between him and other guys will he i don't know but it was way before the season that nobody knew who he was on a show i highlighted him as a guy that could possibly break out and he's kind of been my guy ever since then it was way way before you know the blue stable ever ever existed it was an off season heading into 2020 so that's why I like uh, DeMichael Harris. But a couple, three more names to throw at you, Rashad. Of course, like Let's you said, it. Julio Jones. Julio Jones, I would, I would probably sign him right now. I mean, at this point, bring more veteran leadership. He's got that dog mentality. Instill that into Michael. We already know he's a dog. Can he get more in him? Okay, sure. But when you come to Indianapolis, it's Michael Pittman's room. Okay, Julio. Uh, Alec Pierce, <laughs> get him going. You know, at, at this point, Reggie Wayne, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan around Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. I want it. I want it. I don't know about you, Rashad, but all that greatness, I want it. Played in Super Bowls, playoff runs, all this stuff. Come on now. Um, Cole Beasley and another one everyone's forgotten is Odell Beckham Jr. What do we think about him? Odell, Odell. Well, I'll start with Odell. I'll start with – well, no, let me start with Julio since this will be the quickest. Julio – like you say, you you just don't pass on a guy like Julio if you have an opportunity to sign him. I know his injury history has been rearing his head his last couple of seasons, but Julio is still Julio, man. And, and that's the ideal guy. You'll want somebody like 
Alec Pierce to learn from a guy who's who's pretty much the same height as Julio, uh, a guy that has speed. You know, Julio's more like Alec Pierce to me than Michael Pittman. If you sign a guy like Julio, maybe you can move Alec Pierce into a role where he's taking the top of the defense, and you have Julio and Michael Pittman working underneath. You know, those guys are one on one mismatch nightmares as far as what they size do and jump ball opportunities. They both high point, all three high point the football really well. Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman, and Julio Jones. So I could definitely understand Mike wanting Julio. Uh, moving on to Odell. Odell's <laughs> different kind of cat. You know, he'll be, for us, this locker room, he'll bring this locker room a lot of, a lot of attitude, a lot of swagger. You know, uh, championship pedigree now, that, that has to be said. You put that on his name. He went out there, got it, scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was unfortunate to see him go down with an injury in the second quarter. But up hey, until that point, he was real dominating. Quick, real quick, yeah, like 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 you said, even way before the Super Bowl, like the dude just went to L.A. and worked, man. He, he went to L.A. and worked his ass off. I will give him that. And that's why I highlighted him because I would want him on this on this squad. And Mike, and I can tell you uh, from multiple people, he's in L.A. He's working his ass off right now as we speak. He, so he's, he's putting he's, in a lot of work. So he's returning to L.A. basically. Well, that's that's pretty much what the what the consensus is. He's just waiting on a better deal. So I, I think L.A. up the deal and it, it really bothered him. Well, not bothered him, but it really did startle him when L.A. went out and signed Allen Robinson. They He was shocked, you know. He was shocked like a lot of us was when he went out and signed Allen Robinson. Then he traded Robert Woods. So I know he was thinking, well, what the hell is going on at this point? But anyway, not to go down to Odell rabbit hole. Right. But I, think he, <laughs> I think he would be a great fit in this offense, though, for us, his body type, what he does. He works well from the slot inside, outside. He can do it all. Excellent route runner, big playmaker with his hand, yak monster, which Frank Reich loves. Uh, Odell would be... Odell would be a dream fit. Right, let's be honest here. Odell would be a dream fit. And Cole Beasley, man, like a guy, if you're talking about looking at a cheaper guy, a guy that could come in and work out the slide if you want Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce on the outside, just a, a pretty much a consistent, reliable first down chain mover. Uh, Cole Beasley is one of the best in the business. He had, he just was an all-pro a couple of years ago, just strictly off slot work. You know, that's what he does. And I'm sure with a guy like Matt Ryan, two, both of those guys are veterans. If they get on the same page, I'm sure they'll connect. And he'll be a good safety valve for a guy like Matt Ryan. I'm not opposed to it. But, uh, Mike, they're going to kill you if you don't mention one person. I'm not is... mentioning. All right, man. T.Y. Hilton, what do we think? <laughs> oh, I, man, I don't think he's say... coming back. If he's not back, If he's not back by now, I don't think he's coming back at all. Yeah, it. it... As far as if I was just had to guess, I, I don't think he's coming back. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But what I can say, man, as far as everybody I've called, it's awfully quiet on the T.Y. front. And it's just not normally like that when a player's coming back. You know, you, you normally hear things. We hear things all the time, Mike. You know, we talk about it behind closed doors if we're not allowed to say it publicly. But it's just been nothing, man. It's been it's been dead, and, and the way last season unfolded just make me really feel like I don't know if it's gonna happen this year, man. I just don't know. So one thing that I will say, um, and I actually, and Dustin, if you're watching, I'm apologize to both of you guys. I never told you this, but uh, um, uh oh. So I, I not like breaking news or anything, but I do know 
that Dallas was eyeing him before the draft, but they got Jalen Tolbert, and that kind oh. of that kind of pushed Ty off off the table. I do I do know for a fact that they were they were eyeing him after the draft, but Jalen Tolbert came in, and ever since then it's been pretty quiet on that front. So I will I will say that, and I'll back up. I'll back up. I'll back up what Rashad said about it's been quiet. I I just feel you feel sorry for him because you know how hard he's worked. You know he came in as a third round pick from Florida International, mm-hmm. and I don't even know what the freaking mascot is. Um, but <laughs> he came in as a third round pick. He worked. Remember his rookie year, he was returning punt returns for touchdowns, learning under Reggie Wayne, and then just started working and working. Had I think it was nine catches for like a hundred and sixty yards. Sunday night against the Texans. He's done great things, man. He's led the league in receiving yards before, and that was 2016. Sometimes, man, as a wide receiver and more like a skill position, like running back, wide receiver, corner, when those leg or lower body injuries start piling up, and that's what's happened with T.Y., it takes away your burst. It takes away your ability to cut. I mean, the amount of stress and strength and just so much pressure you put on your calf and ankles as a wide receiver, and then you have high, low ankle sprains. You have multiple, you know, ankle twists and everything. Those add up, especially when you hit 32 years old. And it's, it absolutely sucks that he's in this position. But right now, like I've said, if it hasn't happened already, I just don't see it happening at all. I agree, man. When you, when you have – when you're small in stature – and Andrew Luck said this about T.Y. He said he's not really like a precise route runner. He has this little nuance, the way he runs his routes that Andrew Luck just loved. But when you don't have the elite size and you start to get older and that speed goes, because speed is the first thing to go. When that leaves a smaller guy, it's a lot harder for him in his 30s than it is for a bigger guy who's a possession catch guy, a guy who can go up and get the football. That's just not what T.Y. is anymore. Uh, we saw the decline last year. I, you can put some of that on Carson Wentz, but I think some of that is on T.Y. himself. He's not the same guy. And, yeah, man, like you said, it, it's hard because of everything he's done. But I think it would be hard for Ballard to to bring him back. Yeah, and, and with the Dallas news, I mean, it had nothing to do with the Colts, so. I just never really – I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Watch Baltimore at TY2. They made a run at them last year. Um, Bro, Baltimore and- don't need no wide receivers. Just get them five running backs and they're good. Like <laughs> They did sign Michael uh, – <laughs> who did they sign today? I don't know, man. I really Davis, Davis. From, Mike Davis. From, yeah, Mike Davis, yeah. Bro, if, if, I don't know how Greg Roman still has an offensive coordinator job with Lamar Jackson. I that, have no that's idea. That's crazy. It is That crazy. is – he is winning at life. I need to – I need him to write a book on at how to succeed at life because, man, I will <laughs> buy that. I will be the first to buy that thing. I have no idea how he is still the offensive coordinator with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback running that style of offense. But, hey – I'll take it. Uh, but anyways, guys, that was the, you know, oh, wait, no, another one. Where am I going, Rashad? Another one that actually just hit the free agent market, James Bradbury. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, if I'm Ballard, you know, that's, that's, of course, that's a big if. I'm calling up a hey, buck. We're restructuring your deal. 
No, 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 no. Shut the hell up. We're structuring you. We're restructuring your deal. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to get James Bradbury on the field. That way you don't have to freaking fight three guys anymore. And we don't get killed in the fourth quarter because we're playing 15 yards off on a third and five. I don't want yeah. that to happen anymore. So yeah. we're going to either do that. We're either going to sign Quentin Nelson to his extension. Bring me the defense. Bring me more defense. Come on. I mean, why not? Like, and, and of course, the famous Colts Nation question, but with what money? With what money? <laughs> Where does the money matter? Don't spend money. <laughs> but yet he went and got Stephon Gilmore, Matt Ryan, Yannick Ngakwe. He got all these guys, but he don't spend money. Um. Anyways, I got carried away there a little bit. Talk about me. T- talk to me, uh, Rashad. James Bradbury. I want him. I'd go get him. Of course, there are other teams that are going to be interested in him. Hell, maybe even New England might be interested in him. They lost J.C. Jackson. He's a guy that I have heard could possibly be the front runner early on to get James Bradbury. I will say that because they do have a need there. So hopefully that does not happen, and we swoop in and, and for the kill. They are one of the teams involved. Um, opposite of T.Y. Hilton, you know, we've been talking about it's quiet for T.Y. Hilton. The Bradbury market is in full. It, it is hot. It's about six or seven teams that I know of right now that I've been able to confirm that is interested. Uh, I tweeted out yesterday that the Colts was interested early in the offseason, and I'm sure they still are because they're really looking to solidify that cornerback spot. And if you guys paid attention to the, the Colts offseason series with the next pick. We heard Chris Ballard mention cornerback as a need still for this team. And he was able to address every other position he he's named except the cornerback position. So you would have to think it's still a need. You have to think Ballard is on the phone. Bradbury fits the size measurements, the athletic profile of guys that Ballard likes. I'm sure Gus Bradley's all in on this move. If you can find a way to line Gilmore and Bradbury up across from each other next season. Uh, your defense, it's its top three and it's not three. You know, it's top two and it's not two, probably. It, it's the exciting thing to think about. I see Mike Foman from the – Mike just loves defensive talk. And one thing I did hear that a guy called me and said um, about Bradbury to, earlier today was that he's not interested in $15 million or $13 million is he may even be able to, he may be willing to take $10 million. You know, if he, if he likes the team or he liked the situation, he'll take maybe $8 million. The guy went as low as eight to Bradbury. If he loves situation, he may take less money than what everybody expected him to land. It's just, it's just got to make sense for him. You know, he wants to compete. He wants to win. If he can get a multi-year deal, he would love that. But maybe he'd take a $1 million deal just to show everybody that he's James Bradbury. He believes that much in his ability. And, and then he'll look for a longer-term deal maybe next season. Wow. Yeah, man. I didn't tweet that out. I didn't tweet that out. So y'all got that, Blue Stable. I won't tweet it out until after the show drops. Guys. So, Eight million dollars. That's what the guy told me. <sighs> if he loves the situation, Ooh. maybe. <laughs> hold on, let me let me kind of let me get some of this. Hold on, I'm already out of water here. Uh, okay, all right, yeah, let's man. talk about this for a minute, man. Okay, 
picture a defensive line, all right? You got mm-hmm. Quiddy, got mm-hmm. Grover, got Buck, you got Yannick, okay? Well, regardless of what you want to do, whether if it's one Leo, one big N, or two Leos, which is what we've talked about this offseason. You got Buck, you got Stewart, but if they want to come out now, the interior depth may be a little question, but you got bodies that this coaching staff is going to love and they're going to want to develop, okay? Uh, Could have had DeMarvin Leal, but no, you didn't want to go there. So We got um, Dio. We got Hurricane Dio. Right, and, and Dio. Of course, Dio can play any spot on the defensive line again so he can play the the nine tech you got the one tech you got the three tech you got the five tech whatever you want to say he plays he does it okay you got Darius and you got Bobby Okariki then you got EJ Speed who I really want to see in camp and possibly get an interview with he then that game against Arizona he was flying out the he was on the balls of, of his feet every time studying Kyler Murray which every way his job was not to to, you know, get on the tight end, get on the crossing wide receiver. His job was to laser in on, on Kyler Murray, make sure he didn't get out of that pocket and make sure he just lasered him every single time, okay? I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but follow me here, Rashad. So <laughs> when you talk about the depth, when you talk about corners, now you're adding James Bradbury if you can get him to Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore, Isaiah Rogers, maybe Brandon Fashion if he's good. And then I really, I really love Rodney Thomas the second man. I've been watching mm-hmm. more of his film. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of somebody that I still will not put that out there because Destin's going to want to talk trash to me and why I put that name out there. But he reminds me of somebody just by his bill. And then you talk about the safety. You talk about Julian Black, who's coming back from an Achilles. We know he can play single high safety. We know he can play in the box because he's a shooter right out the gate. We know how he tackles great, good form. Kari Willis, contract year. Does he want to play? Does he not? You know, whatever the case may be. He is going to play awesome as well. He can play single high safety. He can play that box area now you got Rodney McLeod he comes over from Philadelphia won a championship he was a leader in that locker room along you know he learned a lot from Malcolm Jenkins let's say that but also he plays that spot like kind of we wanted for Tyron Matthew he can play the slot he can play strong he can play free he can do all types of things even if you wanted to create a weak safety spot he can play that because each safety position is well I'm not trying to get too technical but you get the gist then you got freaking Nick Cross a guy who we all think can be a really great stud who should have never been there in the third round, but somehow was falling. Can you picture that defense, Rashad? Can you picture that? Visualize. In 40 seconds, he went through the whole defense and broke down with each individual player good at. Rashad, (laughs) just visualize what I just said. Paint me a picture. And the picture that I paint involves a Lombardi in it. Come on, man. Why can't, time. We, why can't we make? Come on. Come on. Give me that. Give me that right there. Give me that. Ignore the paint right here. Give me that ring. Give me that ring. You know, like Aaron Donald said, you know, come on. Give me that ring. Yes, sir. Give me that ring. Come on now. So I'm excited for it. I, I want to see where it goes. Of course, I still love the defense where it is. But if you me get too. James Bradbury in here, good Lord, man. That's just icing on a cake. 20, like, if you can get 28 him. years old. In his prime, just shoves nuts down receivers' throats like <laughs> the dude is a lock. He, he's he's great, man. I really like him. I, you know, I watched I watched a lot of games with the Giants, of course, especially when they played Dallas. He did a great job on Amari Cooper. He did a great job on Ma- Michael Gallup. He's got that arm link that Ballard loves too. I mean, reminds me a little bit of a bigger Kenny Moore. So. I want to see it happen. But speaking of divisions, okay, let's talk about the AFC South, all right, because 
you know, let, let's just go down the list, okay? We already know where the Colts subside, all right? Matt Ryan, best quarterback in the division. You got Michael Pittman, got him some help with Alec Pierce. Paris Campbell's looking healthy. The tight end room got a lot more athletic, got a little bit more better. I'm not going to say reliable because we got two rookies, but nonetheless, we got more athletic. Offensive line got deeper. So now you're looking great. But now let's look at Houston, okay? Davis Mills, who was solid last year, don't get me wrong, uh, has a long-ass neck. But can he? (laughs) does he have a really good arm? Does he have an arm good enough? to possibly win a division. Me, personally, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for him. He he never should have played last year if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson's crap. But he mm-hmm. got thrust in that position, and he played solid. Me, personally, I think he had the best rookie quarterback season, in my, in my opinion. He played really well. He got Brandon Cooks, but outside of that, don't really have too much. You got solid left tackle. We all know that. But the rest of the offense just leaves so much to be desired. So what do you have to say about where Houston's offense Stands right now, Mike. Cut the shit. Houston offense is terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. They de- now they de- they defense has a little bit of potential. Hey, I- I'll get to that here in a minute. Now, okay, I'll okay, get to that okay, here in okay, a minute. Okay, but let's just okay. talk about how trash this offense is. <laughs> the skill positions on their offense is atrocious. I mean, we know Houston had uh, seventy-two running backs over the last two years. Their roster, as I look at the dub chart, it's it's ugly. Like, not just regular ugly, either. Brandon Cooks, I mean, I guess Nico Collins, they they liked him a lot uh, last year. Chris Conley, they did did draft Michi. Michi, uh, I like that. I like that addition. Philip Dorsett is also on their team. I don't know if y'all know that. I don't know if you was aware of that. Philip Dorsett plays for the Houston Texans. Uh, shout out to Marlon Mack. I do appreciate them picking up Marlon Mack, giving Marlon a chance to be a starter, reestablish himself as a starter in the league. So I'll pull for him. Uh, the offensive line outside of Laramie Tunsil is terrible. I know he took Kenyon Green. He should help. But they're not going to be good, man. This is a bottom five offense in the NFL. and I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't write the rules. You know, I just enforce them. Their offense is terrible. Mike's, Mike's fanning out over the, over the Mavericks game. I see you. But. Hey, dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to. Just real quick. JaVale McGee just tried to hit Davis Bertans like he's freaking Floyd Mayweather. Get his ass out. All right. Now continue. No, Houston's terrible. That's that's pretty much that sums up everything I have to say about their offense. I know you want to get to their defense, so that that's a better conversation to have than about their defense because that offense is. Ugh. Yeah, man, they're dude. Their defense, it it, look, it looks good. You know, they got a couple TCU guys on there. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm down for Ross Blacklock, Ross Blacklock in the middle. You know, he's he's solid. <laughs> Uh, he, he's yeah. more of a one take. He's not going to do too much pass rushing, but he clogs the middle like a Grover mm-hmm. Stewart for us does. You got Garrett Wallow, who's the linebacker there, who's trying to break uh, the starting lineup. And then you drafted Derek Stingley. And then you got Jalen Petrie, dude. That that looks solid, man. I'm not going to lie. That looks solid. You added Jerry Hughes. 
to, to the equation mm. today. Now he is older, but again, some veteran leadership, you know, plays with a little pride. He goes back home to Houston, comes back to the AFC South. We'll see where it goes there. But as of right now, their defense looks like it's going to be the thing that keeps them in the game. Unless Davis Mills just takes a stride, man, unless he just takes a stride, the defense looks solid, uh, could potentially give Indianapolis some fits. You know, I'm, I'm only worried about when we play them. But nonetheless, man, it's a division game. A lot of pride goes into those games. So that's how the defense stands for me. Yeah, and, and one, uh, and just to add on to what you said, one sneaky good signing was the uh, Steven Nelson signing. Uh, I think he's going to solidify that opposite cornerback spot, opposite of uh, Derek Stingley. I think that was a good pickup for them. Houston, I mean, man, we know if, if nothing else, the defense is going to be solid. I think the, the loss of Justin Reed is going to hurt. But like you said, they went out and got a guy like Jalen Petrie. That's going to definitely help. Uh, but yeah, Houston, let's 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 be honest here. Houston, they'll be it'll be them in the Jaguars, you know, battling for the third spot in the AFC South. And I don't know if you want to go to the Jaguars since we just bought them up. So yeah, man, let's go to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are also again, they're they're looking solid, man. They added some depth. Uh, they added some talent this year. Trevor Lawrence, obviously the former number one overall pick. Can he make that jump? Again, he looked awful last year, but I think he, he also did have Urban Meyer, to, to be <laughs> fair. So, you know, this isn't college where he's, you know, bribing all five-star recruits again, you know, trying to get all the talent. He went to a job where he actually had to work and coach. So, and we saw how that pan out for him. Trevor Lawrence, can he evolve can he take a step up because we already know what they got in the backfield at the receivers i mean you got lavisca chanel who who's solid i hated him in the draft process man i just i didn't want anything to do with him you got other guys there of course you got uh marvin jones that is still there Jar dj chark left in free agency so the offense for right now looks solid the offensive line they added some guys there the defense is always something that has given the colts fits all the time Josh Allen is there. They just drafted Trayvon Walker. They got Dwayne Smoot, who can push inside out. They got all kinds of freaking dudes on the defense. Their safety room absolutely sucks. It sucks. But they still got uh, Shaquem Griffin. I believe that's, that, that's the Shaquille Griffin, uh, formerly from Seattle. So that's a team that if the offense can get rolling, I think their defense maybe, just maybe, just on paper, may have enough to try and compete and maybe reach like seven wins. Yep. Uh, offensively, like you say, uh, the echo pretty much echo with what you said. They added, they added Evan Ingram also at tight end. And we forgot about the $20 million wide receiver, Christian Kirk, that they bought in to replace DJ Shark, who they sent out. Uh, let's look at the skills, the skill group, the skill position. They have talent. You know, they they surrounded Trevor Lawrence with some talent. James Robinson, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Marvis Jones, uh, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I just still – I don't like the off offensive line. I still have question marks uh, um, at a couple spots. I know you've drafted – I mean, when signed Brandon Scherf, he's going to solidify that guard spot. But the tackles is, is not great with Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor. Uh the defense on the defensive side, Josh Allen is that standout on that defensive line. We know how much of a game record he is. 
they drafted a couple linebackers in, in Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, who I think uh, both have potential to be long-term linebackers in this league and can be productive players. I, I like them drafting Trevon Walker, of course, and they say they want to use him all over the place. It's going to be kind of like a hybrid defensive weapon for them. And, and then we signed Darius Williams, a Super Bowl champion Darius Williams. But a guy, let's be honest, he got picked on a lot playing across from Jalen Ramsey. Man, and a lot don't of, do him like that, Rashad. Come on. He got picked, he got picked on a lot, bro. And hey, he's he going to be the – If he was still in L.A., you wouldn't be saying that. Oh, well, of course not. But that, oh, that's, for, oh. that's for another reason, you know. That's right. neither here nor there. <laughs> but like you said, their safety room is awful. This this secondary is going to have a tough time, man. They're going to have a tough – if they can't get a good pass rush going, if Javon Walker and Devin Lloyd or Josh Allen is not generating any pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day because this secondary is not built to be able to contend the whole guys that long in coverage. So they have to get after the quarterback. I'm sure that's the plan, though. And, and we'll see, man. Jacksonville, I still don't assess them – as a threat to the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South. Yeah. You know, regardless of what this streak is, not winning in Jacksonville seven years in a row, man, you just can't deny that this team is just more talented than them. And I know people want to say, well, until they prove it, look, that can all be true. Mm -hmm. But from top to bottom, this roster is just much better than, than the Jaguars. Now, again, another thing that we didn't talk about Doug Peterson is there now, a guy who is a Super Bowl champion, who has an offensive line. Obviously, he brought uh, damn, what the heck is his name? Uh, Press Taylor, Press Taylor <laughs> over to be his offensive coordinator. This is the guy that was influencing Carson Wentz. So if we can get Trevor Lawrence to play like Carson Wentz, we're in good money. Um, that that's just that's just another thing to bring to the equation. Now with Tennessee, again, this is still going to be a battle for right now, from what we presume. Just on paper, it's going to be a battle between Indy and Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. I mean, <laughs> man, I don't, I don't give a damn who, who's lined up. I'm not mentoring you, Mike. Right. Right. <laughs> that, oh, my gosh, dude. Uh, so you got them. You got Derrick Henry, whose body is aging like a 40-year-old. It's, it, it's getting beat up. Running back, they did draft Hassan Haskins, who I wanted in the draft, man. He was a dog at Michigan. I wanted him so bad. I just wanted more running backs, to, to be honest with you. I just wanted to bring more. But they also did add some solid ones in uh, undrafted free agents. So they're going to be battling that out. C.J. Verdell, Devontae Price, you know, all those guys. Um, wide receivers, again, I mean, Trey, Traylon Burks is your number one. Uh, Robert Woods coming off of ACL at 30 years old. Chester Rogers you know, gearing up for the most improved player of the year award if there was one in the NFL. Offensive line, Taylor Lewan is getting older, taking a step back a little bit. They did lose uh, Roger Saffold in the offseason, so tight ends are looking very streaky. The offense just does not look good on paper anymore. It, it didn't. You know, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry a couple years ago last year. He had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, obviously, on paper as well, but, dude – both of those guys are gone now, and the offense just looks a mess right now. 
that that AJ Brown blow, you know, I know we made jokes about it and everything, but I don't think some people understand really how important he was to that offense, man. I know you think Derrick Henry's the engine and the motor of that offense, but if if that's true when comparing it to a car, then AJ Brown would have had to been the transmission of that car because everything tied back to him. Everything tied back to him. His the passing game success was solely on. A.J. Brown. We saw how different Tannehill looked without A.J. Brown. You know, I know people say Tennessee was the number one seed last year. Yes, they played inspired football. And Mike Vrabel's a good coach. I won't take that away from him. He's able to get the most out of his players. But we're just speaking about the offense right now. The offense definitely took a step back, man. You can't you can't replace A.J. Brown and Julio Jones with Traylon Burks and Robert Woods and think you've upgraded. You know, like you said, they don't have Janu Smith anymore. That was a couple of years ago. Uh, they got, what, Nick Westbrook, Aquino, uh, and I know he drafted Kyle Phillips uh, from UCLA in the later rounds. Like, I just don't see that offense being nowhere near as explosive as they was. The offensive line is it's, it's not that good. You know, Dylan Radden struggled. And I'm not going to say anything about Dylan Raddins because I've been attacked by his sister online already. So Hey, man, I'll back you up right there. Raddins backed the, up, all right? <laughs> the dude is a guard and not a tackle. He went to North Dakota State and shot bison and is not good at football, all right? But Let's he blocked for Trey Lance, though, so, you know. It's it's okay. Uh, Trey Lance, who also ran out of the pocket a lot. So if I was blocking for him, I'd probably look good too. Um, but either that dude, he got kicked inside. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he, and hey, this is Destin's guy. Remember that this skinny oh, yeah, dude yeah. that he thought could play left tackle in the league. Um, you know, man, dude, we we own one tonight. I'll tell you this, but I know. Go, go I know. on, let's, go let's, on. Let's 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 get the de- let's tackle the defense, and then you know we can get a body. Okay, here. yeah, the defense is another story. I will, yeah. I will say that. Bud Dupree, who, who can be solid. Dinico Autry, who is solid, getting a little bit older. That monster in the middle, man. Justin, mm. Ju- Justin Simmons. That dude. He... Jeffrey Simmons. Justin. Je- Jeffrey, safety. sorry. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> dude. This dude, beast. man, he's tough. He beast. Is beast. Just, just straight up beast. Uh, do you think you think he's better than DeForest Buckner? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, he can I'm, I'm teetering though. that line. I know, me too. Me that too. Line. <laughs> it is not a me bad too, thing. Man. It's not a bad thing because me this too. dude is a monster. He's a monster. He is. Uh, and I think this year we're going to learn more about DeForest Buckner because this is the most help he's had since he's yes, been sir. in Indianapolis. Yes, so, sir. You but got, this defense. <sighs> you got to deal with Harold Landry, who finally they said, you know what? Stand up rush the passer instead of hey go guard that slot over there go go defend the top of the defense go rush the passer and you see what they did you see what he did it got a big contract extension then you go to the linebackers solid these corners the safety room may have some questions but Caleb Farland Farley Christian Fulton Kevin Byard the defense looks solid, man. Amani Hooker can't can't forget him. Defense, yeah. yeah, physicality, length, athleticism, they look good, man. They look good. Yeah. I will say that. If 
you can argue the weakest point in their defense is their linebackers, but that's that's Zach Cunningham and David Long. Like, it's, they they're a talented group. I can't I love, take that I love away David from. Long. He was a he's dog a great player. Mount, he was a dog at West Virginia, dude. He is a dog. He's a really good player. Um, really good young player at that. You know, so I think. Well, to be honest, maybe maybe cornerbacks the weakest room because we don't know what the what Caleb Farley's back is gonna be like. We don't know if that's gonna hold up. Uh, Christian Fulton showed a lot of promise at, at LSU, but it's still yet to be determined at what level they went out and got Roger McCreary, a guy I was super high on. I, I loved his game, man. He he's a dog. He was a dog at Auburn. He'd be a dog in the NFL. So Tennessee's defense is gonna be pretty good. I mean, we know that we like our defense. We stack our defense up against anybody's. So we're ready for that challenge. But with the offense taking a step back, and let's say the defense remains the same, I just still think the Colts are a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans are still a good football team. I'm not going to go where everybody else is going and saying they're trash and now they they just out of the playoff running. Uh, they'll compete for this division. But I'm giving the Colts a clear edge in as far as team as a whole, offense and defense. I, I think the Colts are the better football team. Mike, how, how you see it? I see the Colts as as the favorite right now. And me personally, I don't even think it's close. Quarterback is a huge um, – it's a huge mismatch. The wide receiver room definitely looks better, even though you still want to add a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is obviously better as, as a whole. Defense, though, man, I mean, I think I'll take our safety room over theirs. No disrespect to Kevin Byard. He's a dog, uh, first-team all-pro player. You know – linebackers i'll take ours pass rush I'll, I'll go with theirs to be fair you know quitty pay we haven't seen him at his highest diet right. haven't seen him at his highest grover but you know he's been dealing with triple teams the last two years and yannick i'll, I'll, I'll give tennessee the, the edge rush department but other than that man i give i give the colts the coaching edge on the offensive side of the ball I can actually have some pride in talking about my defensive coordinator now. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can now have a smile on my face when talking right. about that. Gus Bradley versus Mike Vrabel, man. That's going to be an interesting coaching matchup and seeing how their two defenses play. But, uh, yeah, right now I really like where Indianapolis stands. Again, if they can add one of these receivers, if they can possibly add James Bradbury, dude, I mean – we're not talking about AFC South anymore, man. We're we're talking, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, even if it was to happen, still kind of worried about the division right now. And then let's get to January. But man, it's almost like if it happens, you just can't deny it. You just can't run away from it. It's- I'll say this: if the Colts sign James Bradbury, I wouldn't be scared of any offense in the NFL. I wouldn't. I would like our matchup. I would like our defense against any offense in the NFL. Right I now, really right now, I don't I can't say I fear any offense in the NFL right now. I think the only oh. one that I question is possibly possibly Buffalo. Because Josh yeah. Allen, man, look, I get it. Patrick Mahomes was this new kid on the block, but Josh Allen has closed that gap. He, he has closed it. He's 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 closing in fast. He's closing, he's closing it out there. Patrick, yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes sure. is still, yeah, he's still on top yeah. for sure. Without a doubt, but mm-hmm. I still Josh is coming, I, I, man. I, I, I want to put this on the record. 
I fear Josh Allen more than I fear Patrick Mahomes. I'll say that. I fear Allen more than I do Mahomes. And everyone else, everyone else, I'll, I'll, I'll take my defense against. You know, they added Sky Moore. Kansas City did. They got Juju. They got Mar- Mar- uh, Valdez Canceling. They, they mm-hmm. got some solid guys. But the offensive line, a little bit shaky. You know, they got that freaking awesome center that they drafted out of Oklahoma Creed Humphrey. And then they got that's Cookie. crazy, man. That's, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're being if we're being honest, I mean, should he have had Ryan Kelly's Pro Bowl? Probably. Uh if we're right. being honest, but he don't yeah, play that's, that's, So screw him. Um, yeah, I'll play Ryan Kelly last year. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't There's nothing think, wrong with that. I don't even think that's like even me personally, I don't even think I could argue. Or make a case right. for Ryan. I, I really couldn't because that, those first two games were so bad. Um, oh. But other than that, man, just at the AFC, the Chargers, I feel like it's a lot more with their defense than it is their offense. They still got some players, though. Denver, I mean, let's see how these weapons develop with a true quarterback with them now. Offensive line, is that a question mark? They still got some questions there. But other than that, man, Oh, I just want to see the schedule right now before we get out of here, uh, Rashad. So, one, one, one schedule prediction. It could be anything that you want, whether if it's Carson Wentz returning, when will it happen? Will it be on prime time or whatever the case may be? What is one prediction that you have for this schedule in one of these 17 games? Uh, my prediction is the Colts will have four primetime games. That's my prediction. Four primetime games for the Colts. I don't have to name them, right? You don't have to name them. Nah, you don't don't have to name them. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be Destin and be like, well, hold on. Yeah, Destin would definitely ask that's his name. Now, 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 who do you think will be? Those primetime games, and you can't you can't name the Chargers, you can't name right. the Bills, you can't all this stuff that he tries to create. You know, Destin, we love you. You know this. Um, here's oh, he, here's mine. I think we open the season against Tennessee. I'll say that. Wow, we'll open the season against Tennessee. Usually, you see those division games open up, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, yeah. last year. The, the last two years, really, you know, we faced the Chargers, the Seahawks. I'll say you open up against Tennessee. I would really, I would really like to catch them early, honestly. But I don't know if it's just me, but I don't want to face Buffalo or LA too early. I don't want to face. I want, I want our team to get a little bit chemistry oh, going before I see them against against those top tier uh, teams. But other than that. Guys, the schedule is going to be coming out. How many primetime games do we have? I don't know. If I want to say accurately, I think the schedule was finalized before the Matt Ryan trade. I think after they just made some small tweaks, pushed some primetime games out and put some others in. Um, So I I think it was already finalized um, after after the – or before the Matt Ryan trade. So other than that, guys, Rashad, you got anything else? No, man. Uh, just be on the lookout for the weekly newsletter. Uh, get those emails in so we can hit you with that weekly newsletter so you can stay in tune with everything going on in the Blue Stable. I'm sorry, Mike. That was I know that's your thing. You no, know? nah, man. Take it. Take it. Anything that helps, man. Anything that helps. And if you have any questions or how to get to that uh, newsletter, the link is in the description below. 
Click that link. It takes you directly to the site. All you got to do, put your email in, subscribe. It'll send you a confirmation email. Confirm right there. If you don't see it in your inbox, check your junk or spam folder. It will be there, guys. We really appreciate if you are subscribed, guys. We're going to keep pushing that every single week. We love to engage with you, keep you up to date with what's going on. If you missed any articles from our writers, if you missed the show, if you missed the show, you know, we'll update you guys there. Once again, here's Rashad McGinnis. I'm Michael Pivia. We don't have anything else for you guys. We'll be back at it once again next week. And Rashad, I'm not going to say it on this show, but here in the okay. next week, I got I, I got something for you. You got something cooking? I, 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 I'm going to hold your feet to the fire for something you've been telling me for like the last three weeks. And I, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Okay, just I don't so, even know what it is, but just you got so you, me, ju- just so you know, my interest. I, I, I'll keep it to myself for right now. All right. Oh wow. Okay. All okay. right, guys. Well, he is Rashad McGinnis. I'm Michael Pivia. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Blue Stable Podcast, presented by Fansided, the official Colts podcast of Fansided. Guys, we're out. Deuces. Stay blessed. <laughs>